0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Matt and the B-Flats. <gasps> That's their name.
1: <laughs> That's got me. it. Still a solid. Uh,
0: star. We got it solid. Great job, everyone. Uh, welcome to episode number one or pilot episode. Uh, one maybe. One maybe. That is the official name. <laughs> uh, right now uh, our envisions for the show uh, is really a music podcast that we'll talk about all our personal affinities for certain music and genres and, and albums and stuff but I really would like to at least mention in every show uh, a lesser known artist, band anything like that uh, and just give people more ideas about, or just expand people's tastes for music, too. Um, right now, it's myself, Brian Spagnoli, uh, and we also have another Brian, Brian Raleigh, so that's going to be a little confusing. I'm not sure how we're going to figure out how to figure out who's who in just I'm the sure audio we'll recording of I'm sure we'll come up with
2: a this. nickname or something. <laughs> Spags yeah, and Raleigh,
0: here we go. We'll figure out a nickname for you. Spags and- uh, but... We also have Matt. I'm waiting for you. to be. Here. Thank you.
1: You think I didn't come prepared?
0: <laughs> uh, Matt from Philadelphia. Uh, myself and Brian were from New York. Uh, Brian actually is a musician. Uh, Brian, you could actually talk about yourself right now. Tell the, the podcast listeners, the future podcast listeners, who you are, what you do, music stuff, all that fun stuff.
2: Alright, well, um, my name is Brian, I run an ice cream shop here uh, in Staten Island, um, Staten Island. Um, it's fun, I love doing it, um, I've been playing music since I was like five years old, I um, started off playing the piano, um, and I now play jazz piano for my college, uh, in a jazz band there, along the um, with some of my other good friends. Um, I started a band uh, called The Wayward Strangers. We are coming out with an EP actually this Friday. In two oh yes, yeah. um,
0: that's very good timing, look at that.
2: Congratulations, uh, yeah. sir.
0: Also, the piano thing is great too. I want to say drunk Brian on the piano uh, at like 2 a.m. at his house after a party is probably the most relaxing thing in the world. For a very, very drunk brain and like the night ending, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, the way we're changing and you're also in another band too.
2: Yeah. Um so oh, cheating I, on a band. I know, <laughs> I know. Um this one, uh the guys were a little bit older, um and a little bit um, more put together. Um we're called James Arlo and the Primal Days. And um, James Arlo, the front man, um, who's become my friend now, uh, really good friend. He um, he's played Warp Tour. Uh, he's played um, a couple of big venues in the city, uh, and he's you know he he's toured a lot, so he knows what he's doing. So it's um, yeah. it's good, to definitely. Uh,
0: yeah, to I've talked to him before him too, and, and even when I I, I actually went to. Brian's latest show uh, with James Arlo and just watching him. He like knows what he's doing. He, yeah, he's just fun to, to kind of, he's, he's got that like stage present, that presence that really works. Um, But uh, I think that's, I I don't do anything uh, exciting professionally music at all. I play guitar every once in a while, Matt, do you actually play any instruments? This is a side before we get to your
1: <laughs> no, I do not. I have a guitar. I was. I'm actually sort of cleaning out my apartment, uh, and I was doing that today. I have a. I have an electric guitar that is probably that has sat there since I moved in.
0: Oh come on, you um, guys are picking that up. Well, you see, I I keep fancier.
1: on. I keep meaning to, and then I just. I have perpetual like. Ooh, shiny syndrome where like something new comes and I'm like, Ooh, shiny. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to learn to pl- play a guitar um, specifically because like, because like I always thought that'd be just something to do. Like I, I never thought I'd ever, I never, I never wanted to like be good at it or anything, but um, yeah, there,
0: no, I'm not someone that goes crazy with, uh, with playing music, uh, but it always is, is something it's a non like, uh like tech thing that i can do in my spare time like besides playing video games and being on my phone or something yeah it's and it's it feels more real to do to just sit there and kind of play guitar uh yeah, yeah there's there's
1: there, there's something about that like incarnate creation that i mean even though you know i like my buddy jason um he plays bass or he played bass in a couple of bands and they, one of his bands actually released one of my favorite reggae albums of all time. Um, And he's like, he's super out of practice now because he moved to Chicago, got married and is working on sort of a career thing so he can work, get money. And then on top of that, still have time to work on his creative outlets, which he has several. Um, But I, I always like whenever he would, when it, when he still lived in Philly, like he would pull out a guitar and hand it to me, and I'd just s- sloppily fret my way through garbage note after garbage note, while he could actually, you know, put out a baseline. And he's like, "Man, you're terrible." I'm like, "I know," <laughs> but you did. The, and then and then his buddy Ben, who like who who knows his way around several different instruments really really well, and then he also knows how to produce and things like that he said hey why don't you try this and he taught me how to play the smoke on the water riff because everybody really? learned everybody yeah. learns that one first and you know and i felt like a badass for a solid 30 seconds Then i'm like i should probably play <laughs> something else because this is gonna get annoying
0: <laughs> Nah yeah i feel like the easiest thing to learn if you're new to like guitar or something is the smoke on the water thing is almost always the first thing people learn but the white stripes uh,
1: the baseline. Dun, to, sev- dun, dun, to dun, dun, seven nation dun, army dun. Yeah, yeah there you go mm-hmm. seven nation
0: army yep uh, that's probably one of the easiest things to like pick up if the first time you're playing guitar uh it's pretty cool uh matt i want you to talk about you as a person and tell me uh earlier about your very small record collection uh <laughs> oh
1: jeez. and your
0: history with music generally um
1: okay uh well the 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 short part of this is i have i have 600 records on vinyl um that does not include my 45s and that is not that it that does not include individual discs individual disc i estimate at over a thousand because i have multiple record sets um (laughs) yes i can actually i can actually roll that off like because i'm that way i'm not i'm
0: not asking any questions (laughs) uh you do what you want to do um
1: i you don't want to know how many cds i have uh because that number is way more terrifying (laughs) well
0: oh i'll say something weird that will kind of blow your mind because uh you're a little older Uh, all right (laughs) i have never bought a cd
1: okay that you know that's that's actually cool culturally um because i'm i'm finding myself like I like buying records um, because there's a certain, there's a certain beauty to playing a record in my head. I'm not going to say everyone has to do that. Um, And I'm also not one of those people who sits there and goes, Oh, vinyl is so much better. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Despite it actually being better, um,
0: yeah. I mean, you say that, and then I just realize who you are as a person, and feel like, come on, you no, own I'm, every vinyl in the world. You're I'm not not to say. every.
1: There are there are several. There There's are a se- couple
0: that you don't have. That, yet, yeah, I, you I
1: know, guess. I'm I'm searching. I'm searching. Um, but uh, my history with music is actually. I mean, I like the story. Um, because. I, because it's my story, I guess. Um, when I was four, I think it was four. Yeah, it was four. Um, my It was, was after my mom had divorced my dad. Uh, we were living on the south side of Iowa in an apartment. And she was making dinner and she realized she didn't have milk for my sister and I to drink. Um, so she's like, she actually sat me down. She's like she's like you know she she did the Matt we have to have a talk and I'm like okay as a four year old and <laughs> yeah I mean and yes I actually remember this this isn't made up I actually okay. no, I actually because no, no, some you. people say there's no way you remember uh, but I actually remember this I remember her sitting down in the super ugly chair we had in our apartment saying okay I need to run and get milk for you and Amanda to drink with dinner and I'm like oh I like milk. She's like, oh, that's good. Um, um, I'm waiting for where this story
0: is going. I'm really hear me out. Hear me out.
1: Now. Hear me out. And and she's she's like, I need you to do something while I'm gone. And and I'm like, okay, what do you need me to do? She's like, I need you to keep an eye on your sister and occupy yourself so you don't kill yourself. And I'm like, okay. I don't, I don't want to kill myself because I don't know what that means. <laughs> it. <Solid.
0: laughs> Mom's and, advice. And she said, What Try would you and not die? And she while and I'm she and,
1: and she said, Well, what would you like to do? And I said, Um, what are those big squares that make noise? And she's like, Oh, the records. I'm like, Yeah. She's like, You want to play a record? I'm like, Yeah. And she's like, Okay. Um Well what which one would you like to play? And I said, The one with the banana on it. And and that's the album that,
0: that sounds weirdly relevant to uh, <laughs> the other podcast actually it has nothing funky, to do with that that was still- i know but then like wait but so this is crazy so you started when you were four years old my, at this, what, like love for at, vinyl?
1: at four my mom taught me how to play a record and the first record i ever dropped the needle on myself was the velvet underground and nico um which if any of you are familiar with that, you should not let your kids listen to it. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I played that, and then it opens with, like, a sound of, like, uh, an old music box or maybe um, the chimes of, like, a baby's mobile that would hang in the cribs in the 80s. Okay. When the story takes place, but whenever I heard that, I knew I had to go check on Amanda. So, I, And Amanda's my sister. Um, so I'd go, I'd come back, listen to the song, and I'd be like, oh, song's over, want to hear it again. And like it created this Pavlovian loop that, oh, the chime happens, check on Amanda, back to the song. Chime, Amanda, song. So I did that for what seemed like a while and then, um, at one point, I think I went in, and my sister was awake, and she was she was she was funny as a baby, and she's still funny now. What's um, the
0: age difference between you and your sister? Three years.
1: Like she was one, and I don't think she was speaking yet, but she was like making weird noises, like baby speak. So I would be, I was in there for a long time, and I come back out right as my mom gets home, and there's the the song that's playing. Um I think oh, I wish I had the track list in front of me, but like it was like the third or fourth song on it, and it's about like SM. <laughs> so I'm a four-year-old listening what? to listening what to a song.
0: Is this it's, is your background This is length, my back. Like... This, is,
1: this is the first time I ever played a record. Um it's Venus and Furs, which is about SM sex. Um and my mom's like, why are you listening to this one? What happened to her? I'm like, oh, Amanda was doing funny stuff. So I was playing with her. I come back and this is on. She's like, oh, so you weren't actually listening. I go, no, I was going to switch it back so I could go back and check on Amanda. And she's like, oh, OK. Well, anyway, anyway, fast forward a few years. Um, I'm actually a couple years. Uh, I'm six, five or six, maybe even a year. I don't know. Um And my mom has reacquainted herself with the man who would become her second husband, uh, who I refer to as my dad. Um, I'm at his parents' place because they were doing something. I don't know. Um, And my cousin Phil and I are playing G.I. Joes on my grandpa's basement floor, which is basically made of pool table felt. Which okay. is, <laughs> this is That's... Iowa in the 80s. This is great. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> um, sounds like a
0: very 80s thing. Yeah.
1: And all of a sudden he plays, like he was a, my, my grandfather was a jazz musician. I found this, I found this out later on in life that he played with like Benny Goodman and Chick Webb and like all these legends of big band jazz, <laughs> like as they, as they were, you know, later in their careers. And I'm like, holy crap! But he played a '78 of Benny Goodman's um, "Sing, Sing, Sing" with a swing, and like, so within those within that year and a half span, I had learned how to play a record, and with this particular '78 that he played, like, I'm like, I literally dropped what I was doing, stood up, and went and stared at the record, <laughs> and I was like, and that just sort of lit something in me like no matter what was going on whatever whatever the social setting was if music was happening i was going to pay attention um yeah. and like it may not be like in my 10 favorite songs of all time. actually i think it probably is but sing 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 with a swing is definitely one of the 10
0: greatest songs I've ever written
1: and if you've not heard it, go listen.
0: Very bold statement. Um,
1: uh, n- n- no, that's not bold. That's actually
0: sing, sing, sing.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's an old. It's it's I mean it's a big band jazz song. So most most. Yeah. Um, hey, Brian,
0: have you heard this? Brian's supposed to know all the jazz stuff.
1: Nah, well. Yes, of course. Do you know that one, Brian?
0: Yeah. Man, this is gonna get confusing. And, and,
1: and well, no, I'm gonna call him Brian. I'm gonna call you Spags.
0: All right, we can figure that out. That, that works.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, would you would you uh, agree with that? It's probably one of the ten best ever.
2: Or no? Um, it it was definitely a song that was um, defiant in jazz. It was it was a um, it was a Kind of a, um, I don't know how to put it, but it, I'm looking it, at the lyrics was, right now. It seems weird. It, it was there's no lyrics to it. Influential, yeah. <laughs> okay. There's no, yeah. There's no lyrics to it. Um, it, it was definitely influential um, song, for sure, and um, that's why I'm, I love jazz so much. It's like I feel like in a lot of other genres like it one song may have influenced another like genre to be born but um i feel like jazz it builds on itself a lot you know you have you have one or two people that um you know create that style of jazz and then you see it explode and um take it in all different directions
0: yeah Well, Brian, what I feel like these are conversations I've actually never even asked you at the rate that me and you have hung out. Uh, Where did your love of jazz come from? It seems kind of. Yeah. You said you started playing piano, what, at four years old. How did that all start, too?
2: Yeah. um, So uh, my grandmother's neighbor was moving out, and she was like, oh, like, if you guys want to pay to move this piano, like, you guys can have it for free. Um, so, I'll never forget, I was, like, four and a half years old, it was right before my, um, fifth birthday, and, um, we were running around the house trying to find, like, 42 inches, All right, Um, 42 inches of wall space. Uh, so we find it, and, you know, you've been to my house, uh, it's right when you walk in the front door, which, um... Is not really good for the piano. Uh, I guess detuned a lot and stuff. <laughs> um, probably the this worst place for. This is the same piano it. that he plays, um, by
0: the way, drunk at nights and after parties. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah,
2: and and um, it's uh, it become somewhat of a cost uh, to my parents because we have to tune it um, so often compared to if it was like not right in front of the door. But uh, it drops out of tune a lot because um, a it's like was built in the fifties and um, it needs a lot of work. But anyway, um, yeah. So I started with like classical lessons and stuff, and like I um, even to this day uh, I struggle with practicing. Like every time I sit down, I'm like I'm gonna practice. Um, I always wind up popping out something new that uh, you know revolves around what I should have been practicing Um, so yeah it was really hard um, for me to really get into uh, classical music and it wasn't really until college um, that I at least uh, developed an appreciation for it Um, but yeah so I learned classical for um, probably till I was about uh, six or seven Um, and then I was like I'm done, like, I don't practice, this is stupid. Um, so then I didn't take lessons for a couple of years. Um, and then sixth grade came, um, I joined the middle school band, um, and that was just like a regular band. We were playing classical pieces and stuff. Um, and again, I hated it. And um, <laughs> then seventh grade came. And uh, two of the kids that I'm in Wayward with, they are uh, twins. Um, we went to middle school together. Oh, really? Wait. Um, what? Yeah. So so uh, that's actually how we met was we all went to school together when we were younger. And we were like uh, the best musicians in the class. So um, we were in seventh grade and we got special permission to play with high school jazz band because the school I went to was at K to 12 so it was the same teachers for for everything so um I think I missed gym for like two years (laughs) and I I, I never (laughs) went to gym and um so uh yeah and we just um played with the high schoolers and uh that's really how I fell in love with jazz I'll never forget um uh, I listen to Bill Evans. Um, I guess like uh, the second day we were in jazz. Bill band, Evans, the weatherman. And, Wait,
0: what? What um, happened there
2: No, no Bill no, Evans not. is Bill Bill a great Evans. jazz musician.
0: Uh, <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm just thinking yeah. about Bill Evans and, on Channel Seven um, right now.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, we actually know him too. Um, but uh, Bill Evans, the uh, jazz pianist. He uh, he wrote a song called uh, "Peace, Peace." and yep, I urge you guys one. if, if uh, you don't know it it, is, is, it really uh, changed my life and a lot of people are like that's the song that got you into jazz like, there's so many like just even standards that are like much more exciting but um, no it r- really did if, um, if you play piano and, and you can understand the, the uh, technique that he uses in that song it's just beautiful but, um, yeah, and uh, I try and go to jazz clubs everywhere, you know, like everywhere I go. So I've been to ones in Chicago when I went out with my parents. Um, I've been um, to none in Philly, which surprising. So that should be a trip.
1: What? Okay. Jazz
2: clubs? Yeah.
1: I'll be honest. I only know of one, and I've not heard good things about it Um I went there once to see uh Ornette Coleman mm-hmm. and uh, by the time I had gotten there uh, Ornette Coleman had exited the stage Uh <laughs> and I'm like wow that was quick they're like no he actually went on like super early I'm like ah and he can yeah. do
2: that because he's Ornette Coleman they're like yep um, yeah. and I'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, Very I applied um so I used to have a jazz band uh, for a little bit with uh, those two kids um, that now I'm in, w- uh, wayward with, and we, It's uh, uh, Anthony Aquino, first, and Tom is Aquino and Thomas Aquino. And Tom Quino, yeah, and um, uh, the first jazz, oh, the first recording I ever did was uh, a jazz recording, uh, and it was for a contest to. Um, Play at the Village Vanguard, and obviously, um, Ooh. I was not selected because I was <laughs> not good enough. But um, well, like you I mean, Well, no no no, 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 no. Like at, the, at that point, yeah. like it, if you're
1: if you're trying to play at the Village Vanguard and you're trying to play jazz, that's kind of hallowed ground. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure if any if they put that out there to any sort of reception, anybody and their mother is probably anybody any jazz fan and yeah. their mother is um, yeah, probably I mean, like going we, after it. So, you you probably had some also hefty
2: like, competition. Yeah, I mean, we were also in, like, middle school, and uh, we thought we were, like, the coolest people ever because we were the only people that we knew that played jazz, you know? Um, yeah. So, it, yeah, it was a... That's, like, I guess, how I really fell in love with jazz. And I, um, I took a couple of jazz history courses now in college, and... Um, it really is just um, just an amazing culture. And um, it links up with a lot of um, history, especially, like, yep. around the world. Um, and I, uh, I, I feel like that was really uh, – those classes really, um, like, again, changed my life again because I just feel so much, like, m- smarter
0: about um, – just yeah, I feel culture. like you actually know how to read music and stuff, though, too. Like, not just, no, I'm not even talking about, like, the literal notes. I mean, like, how music is constructed. Uh, yeah, I mean... like your brain I, I, processes I, that well.
2: I have a minor in music, so I had to take... It's actually the biggest minor in the CUNY system. It's 18 credits um, and an additional uh, 12... Uh, Pre-rex that don't count, so it's like wow. it's like it's like four classes before you even start um, the minor, and then the minor itself is pretty big. Um, cool. So yeah, and I took you know um, how to write, and that was all classical, but um, how to write music in c- classical forms and stuff, and that is really tough. I, I give people that do that um, credit because that is like super, super hard to do. Um, you can't really have a lot of things. Um, you know it's still very creative, but you there's a lot of rules. and I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that.
1: Now music theory is a music theory is a super opaque thing. like it is it is hard to wrap your head around. If you don't have any sort of basis in already playing something. yeah, I,
0: I mean, I play guitar and I don't know anything like real about the instrument. All I know is where my fingers go and how to like play songs. I don't know why certain notes go where they go. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, there's a whole realm of music that I just don't understand that well.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the people that can talk super intelligently about both jazz and classical, it's, they tend to have a sense. Actually, I don't want to say just a sense, but they have a, a more than basic sense of, of music theory. When I started getting into jazz, and I, and I'm, I mean, jazz and classical are, are really hard for someone who just has a pretty strong base in pop music. Um, Jazz is easier from a pop music base because most of those artists came out of what pop music actually is rather than what people consider to be pop music. When you watch um, documentaries like Ken Burns' Jazz or something like that and the excerpts where they're actually talking about someone like Thelonious Monk or Miles Davis or Louis Armstrong and how they actually apply theory to their work – that's when you realize that this isn't just i mean jazz is not someone just getting getting in front of a microphone playing a bunch of nonsense um and then it just comes out to be a hit it is it is it is plan i mean it is planned but it is it is just planned a lot quicker than anybody really knows and and in classical like when they talk about different chord changes or or how bold it was for Brahms or Beethoven or Mozart to do this thing at this particular time in a in a movement of a symphony and how difficult it is for the player to actually hold that and keep up you know that you you start to realize that holy crap like there's a lot more here than anybody wants to give credit and yeah, and yeah and... I'll let Brian take it from
2: here. <laughs> well I, I mean, uh, yeah, you're you know you're absolutely correct, and I um I get mad when people are like oh jazz like that's boring like that puts me to sleep and it's like yeah okay that's fine you can have your opinion on it but I at least appreciate the notion that with without jazz like you would not have any of the music that you have today it would I I don't know where we would be but um, you know it would it's really all um, you could really trace it back to a, a lot of the beginnings of jazz and um, you know I mean you could look uh, at it this way without without jazz there's no rhythm and blues and without
1: classical there's yeah, no there's metal no. so you know yeah. I mean yeah. both of those yeah. are necessary
0: and i mean i feel like uh, this this show i'm going to be educated so much about jazz generally having almost no like uh, reference point for anything related to jazz in my life never listened to to like classical jazz or anything like that besides at your house brian that's the only time i think i do
2: <laughs> well um i'm a very big believer in um music for the mood right so um i man after when, my own heart you know, when I am hanging out, uh, I'm not uh, trying to listen to Skrillex, you know, and like have a rager by myself. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I usually like to uh, be somewhat deep in thought and um, be focused on what I'm doing. And I feel like, uh, like you said, jazz is a culmination of very complex Things going on at a very fast rate, and um, that's just kind of how I like to live my life, you know. Uh, If that if that makes sense, Um,
0: Uh yeah. But I uh, I enjoy it generally too. Like uh, just finding stuff. Like I feel like there there are certain songs that I will, especially for me driving so much recently too. That there are entire albums that I just choose to drive to because it. It just relaxes me as I'm driving, too, instead of, like, as my brain just kind of numbs when I'm driving for, like, hours on end from city to city. Uh, at least it it feels better. my My numb mind feels better when there's certain songs playing along. But, so, my background with music is... Nothing like what you guys had. My dad didn't show me a record when I was four years old. And I never played any music when I was four years old. What, you mean Uh, you didn't
1: luck yourself into a music critic job like I did? (laughs)
0: Yeah. No, I somehow managed to not do that. Um, But uh, I do remember certain moments in my life growing up where there there were certain... uh, I mean, for my parents... They love music, the, pretty much every <laughs> record from the 70s I think my dad owns. Uh, and I remember growing up actually uh, listening to my parents' music so much. I would listen to Tom Petty or Neil Young or, or Bruce Springsteen uh, so much that I think my friends, like up until like, I mean, throughout growing up, when I'm like 10 years old and I'm listening to Neil Young, Old Man, look at my life. Like, <laughs> it's not. Like, I think my friends thought I You was go to like insane. fourth grade, like,
1: how was your summer, Brian? Old man, take a look at my life. <laughs>
0: It's like, I was living in darkness and 10 years old. Um, I've been listening to The Wall. Is there anybody passion. out there? But no, that's the type of music that I, I listened to growing up. But then I also had my brother, though, who uh, had, like, the whole punk rock thing. And uh, that was a huge, like, influence to my taste, too. Like, growing up, listening to Blink-182 on a regular basis. Um, oh, Jesus. God, I feel like don't music was generally always, like, being played in my house Uh, especially if my parents are drinking and they still do this actually even today my parents are 62 63 years old every Friday night they will sit together listen to records and drink Uh, why haven't uh... you
1: invited me over
0: (laughs) yeah but you know it's crazy there are days so it's a Friday night and in my exciting life uh, there will be, for a very long time, there were many Friday nights that I didn't do anything fun, and my parents would be blasting music, and I could hear it, uh, my, uh, uh Xbox and basically where I usually live is my basement right now, and right above me is my living room, and that's where the, the stereo and all that is, and the record player, and <laughs> trust me, it was weird if I did bring any of my friends over because they'd be like, "Damn, they're like having a party up there!" Or like, <laughs> it would sound more fun what my parents were doing than what I was doing. <laughs> uh. And I feel like that's some kind of thing to like look up to and to be when i'm like 60 years old i don't want to ever stop you know having fun <laughs> so uh, it's kind of where i'm at too like i mean I, I'm, I'm
1: super i'm super old com- I'm, I'm going to assume compared to both of you i know you're what 22 now brian
0: I am going to turn 22 in October. Yeah, for, see, for I'm, I'm, I'm
1: going to be 38 in November. So oh,
0: man, you really are old. Holy shit. So, you're <laughs> you're so. at the age that players retire from the NFL now. I know, right? <laughs> How do you feel?
1: Like, I am almost the same age as Paolo Maldini when he, you know, retired from AC Milan after, like, 20 years. Um, and he was like, Actually, no. He was 41 when he retired, and that's a soccer reference. None of you know. Um, but but no, like I I grew. I mean, I grew up the same way. Actually, like I my my when my mom remarried, um, my dad and she both had like s- semi different ideals in terms of like being conservative and being liberal. So um, like I. I had developed a fascination with the Beatles uh, in the mid-80s because I I think at some point they had reissued their catalog on CD. So I had seen a lot about them, and I'm like, who are the Beatles? I should listen to these people because everybody seems to be talking about them. (laughs) Um, And then when I listened, like, the first time I actually bought a cassette, um, I bought something else I had heard on the radio at the time. I bought um, London Calling by The Clash. And Beautiful. my mom was like, um, well, why don't you use your money to get the Beatles? Cause you've been talking about them. I'm like, yeah, but I want to hear that. Would you St- you wouldn't stand by me song. And she's like, okay, I'll get the Beatles. So she got the Beatles and we listened to that. And I started, you know, it got to a point where I started singing all that stuff. Cause I had memorized all of it. Yeah. And, and my, I remember there was one argument she and my dad had, like, I don't want to listen to the Beatles. They're too liberal.
0: I'm like, really?
1: Yeah, this happened wow. when I was like six. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know. This is, I was probably seven. But I don't understand where that came from. But eventually, he was okay with Oldies Radio. And okay. Oldies Radio at that time was like Motown stacks.
0: Oh yeah, um, the what beat- classic rock used to be when classic rock <laughs> yeah, like, was like, and, and then like
1: then there was the classic rock that was like your your Zeppelins, your Sabbaths, your Skinners, and so I would do I would balance between both of those. Yet for some reason, my dad was okay with ac I don't get how yeah. any of this works. Look, oh, and it, like the Beatles, that like yeah. Really? But, oh, big Zz Top guy though. He loves some ZZ time.
0: All right. None of this makes any sense No, anymore. it
1: doesn't. It really doesn't once you once you bring in ideology. But, like, yeah, no, I, I totally know where you're coming from. Uh, unfortunately, when I decided to um, pick up the, the vinyl habit, uh, my biological father, he's like – he had talked to my grandmother on that side of the family who I – up until she had left us um, – I had kept in contact with, and she had told him that, you know, I had started collecting records. She, and he's like, Oh, you can give him all my old records. Mother, this guy, he left me four records worth having out Wait. of like 200.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute, but he gave you 200 records? He gave or? me
1: 200 records because he wasn't going to play them. He didn't want to move him from Iowa Wait, to Wait, and you're
0: saying only four out of the 200 are worth playing, though? Yes. What do you mean? Yeah.
1: Um. Well, uh, maybe Brian, maybe Raleigh can help me out here. Um. There's there's having records and then having bad records. Yeah. Uh, What's the difference? Yeah. What do you mean? Like um, bad, well, like they're not like, good okay, songs the four, on the record? The, like- the four that he gave me. The four that he gave me. Um. Actually, actually, no. Now that I'm thinking about it, he gave me six. Um, so he gave me Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. All right.
2: Which like is like original cut.
1: Yeah, which is a masterpiece. The Wall by yeah. Pink Floyd, which is a masterpiece. Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd, which is a masterpiece. And then I think I also got Leonard Skinner's Greatest Hits, okay. which is okay. I uh, mean that's okay. I mean the, the well, yeah, but you want an album. Uh, greatest hits, uh, great compilations versus albums. It's a different
0: thing. It's a different yeah. Piece. I yeah. will definitely agree with that. Um, I feel like there is some kind, something way more special when you listen to an album. From first song to last song rather than just listening to their like quote unquote best songs.
1: Like there there are certain bands that are just singles bands and they put out albums of I mean hell, the Beatles' first four proper albums up until like Hard Days Night are well, basically You can't
0: listen to all of the Beatles. I don't think it's possible like the amount of how many albums do they have? They I only put out nine. I accidentally downloaded the discography of the beatles onto my old ipod and i think it like took up the entire well, you know
1: you because you know what you got you got the nine albums they put out which is please please me and then i don't remember everything in order but like you got please please me with the beatles help beatles for sale hard days night um magical mystery tour Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the White Album, Abbey Road, Let It Be. That's And I just listed 10 albums.
0: What's crazy to me is that I know, like, if I listen to any song on any of those albums, I'll know every single song. And I don't understand where in my life I found the time to listen to, like, all 300 of their songs. But like.
1: on top of that, Brian, on top of that spags, um, there were American releases of the albums that were bastardized versions of the U.K. albums.
2: Yeah, really
1: they, they were ter- they were not good they were completely out of sequence had different songs and they are I mean unless you're dealing with an honest to God Beatlemaniac, maniac those are the only people who think those albums are worth owning because they're not um <laughs> they also had a myriad of compilations um that were I mean because that was that was the 60s you know most I mean the 60s in England a lot of bands, released singles but didn't put those singles on albums so they could make more money like the Beatles were notorious for this that's why they have two compilations called past masters those are all singles that didn't appear on albums um but the reason this is so the reason this particular file you downloaded is so big is because you got the U- the proper UK albums the US albums the compilations Pr- you probably got those um Beatles anthologies that came out in yep. the early to mid 90s and those were those were interesting um if not good uh and then also their soundtrack albums which were which were okay And any sort of bootleg concerts they might have had, you probably got the rooftop concert for Let It Be. I mean, you probably got you probably
0: got way more than just their albums. I think, though, legitimately, I'm pretty sure it was like six gigs of music from them. Yeah, I don't. I don't doubt it. Absurd.
1: Yeah. Well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. You think that's big? Try downloading a Grateful Dead discography.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, no. Uh, so, that's, that's my dad's music. My dog is named Casey Jones after the Grateful Dead song. Um, <laughs> that's great.
1: I'm, I'm on board already. I don't like um, the dead, but I'm on board.
0: <laughs> but no, for real, you can't. Like... Oh, you can. I can't listen to, like, random Grateful Dead songs. And even my dad, he has, like, 15 uh, uh, records from them and i don't like (laughs) if you try and download anything from them the amount of live stuff you get the amount of songs that i they're not even like really they just like playing guitar i don't even know what is happening in the song like it they created the jam band
1: that's how important the dead are like that's what they are they are the they are the og of jam bands and and they were good I mean like I
0: I don't no, I'm not the a fan melodies of these in their songs are probably the yeah
1: I'm not a fan of the, the dead but the technicalities that they used that they incorporated is, Garcia was a was a goddamn great guitar player and he's he's underrated in terms of just being a good guitar player. Do I think he's Jimmy Page? No. Do I think he's Eddie Van Halen? No. But I actually would put him in terms of I'd ha, I think he'd have better skill than both of those two if you were to try and say hey play bluegrass garcia could do it whereas i'm not sure page could i doubt eddie van halen could because especially now he's too busy up his own ass with like i don't like david lee roth but you know (laughs) what just
0: happened there okay um brian did you ever go through like a beatles phase in your life or like a grateful dead phase or anything like that? Well, that's funny
2: um Going through it right now, aren't you? No, I'm kidding. I I went through a little bit, but um, I feel like you're introduced to the Beatles, and you either fall in love with them, Mm -hmm. um, and you're you're a big fan, or you're not. And, like, not that they're not good. They're, you know, one of the most influential bands of all time. But... Um, I just never really got into them. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why. um,
0: it was weird. Well, mm -hmm. I started listening to the Beatles at, uh, right when I started to smoke weed, actually, for the first time. (laughs) I'm like 16. Uh, Wow. That is, uh, (laughs) that is when I started to go crazy with the Beatles, and I remember, you can actually ask, uh, Uh, my friend Sanchez uh, you can ask him he knows there's probably a a solid three months where the only thing that you would hear me listening to was the Beatles and then I also listened to a lot of stuff from just John Lennon too Okay. Uh, it was I mean I I still love the Beatles too but it was very interesting where how hardcore they kind of took over my life for a little bit and then they just kind of—I just totally dropped them after, uh, but uh, I'll never like not love them or not appreciate them. Uh, oh yeah, they did like, do a ridiculous amount of stuff. I mean,
1: they, I mean, they—they—they they, they are. I mean, there's the un—the people. The thing that people forget about the Beatles is that they were the ones that sort of legitimized the album length format. And they, they were the, they were really the first mainstream rock band or pop band, whichever way you want to look at it to really exercise the full length of an LP with a original material and B trying to structure it in a way that was like easier to ingest rather than just, you know, throwing hit after hit after hit after hit after hit on an album they would say, okay, they actually did this with Revolver. Um, they, they said, all right, we're going to throw single up front and I think single at the back, but then they would they would be like, you know, not a single, not a single, single, not a single, not a single, single, and then, then they would actually change it up in terms of tone and um, rhythm. And it actually, I mean, it, Revolver really is like the first proper album in terms of what albums are now. Hmm. Like, it's, an, I mean, you know, you, you, I mean, I think the magazine Mojo, when they did their 1,000, they did their version of a book called, their version of that 1,000 records you must hear before you die, I think they put the first proper album as like some Frank Sinatra album from the 40s because it was the first one where it was, a, it was all a bunch of singles, but it was it was it was released as one collected thing. Um, yeah, but like they, I mean, Revolver is what
0: albums are now. You kind of set the standard there too. Yeah. yeah, it. I I mean, the Beatles generally did that as well though too with their their stage presence. I would think as well. Like, uh, for the 1960s, 1960s uh, like, the celebrity culture in, in especially America was just starting to, like, really uh, hit off and start uh, skyrocketing. And they were kind of there at the beginning of, like, the rise of the celebrity culture. And I think that was one of the huge things that led to their success was America now craving for, like, uh, just any celebrity in the public eye. And... Obviously, they they were insanely, insanely talented as well. But Mm -hmm. that, like, that, like, perfect storm happening with all the things, uh, uh, like, culturally, what people wanted, especially in America, and their talent together, that's what gives you, or at least one of the most iconic rock bands.
2: uh, True. I mean, yeah, and you talk about the Beatles um, becoming... you know, probably the, one of the biggest bands uh, in the world ever. Um, you look at it from, like, a marketing perspective and the way that the industry was changing, like you just said, like, they were the first people to really play stadiums. Yep. You know, um, and and to do that at that time, um, you know, they played Shea Stadium. I believe that was one of the first stadiums uh, to be played. yeah and it was
1: um, one of their last gigs like live because after that they're like where do we go (laughs) like we shouldn't tour anymore because we can't hear ourselves play because everyone's screaming so damn loud
2: yeah (laughs) and i mean you know that that moment really started uh the the movement to what we have now to have um you know you sell a million records were putting you on a stadium tour, no more small yep. clubs, you know. Um, and uh, I think without them, I mean who who would you have to have done that? I don't know. you know. Um, I think that they were the right band for that and um, you know again, they were at the right place at the right time. I mean, yeah. the,
1: the, the 60s – the 60s is a cool thing not just because of like how much – like um, when I first became a music critic, my editor-in-chief, we, we once had a conversation about the best decades in music and he said the reason he always chose the 60s is because feasibly you could be sitting in your car at any destination in the country and spin the dial – and get something that at the time was acclaimed and that has been acclaimed since most, most decades you don't like most, I mean, let's, let's face it. There are plenty of things in the nineties that I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And now I'm like, man, what was I on? (laughs) But, but like, the i mean the, the when you when you speak about the beatles it you can't really say oh it was just them and nobody else because that's what that's the that's the unfairness of it it's just i don't think the beatles would have been the same without the rolling stones or the kinks or the beach boys yeah.
0: well the whole it, culture exactly was kind of going in that direction and it's definitely would be wrong to say it was just the Beatles that yeah. changed music the way they did of course uh but it is super interesting how just how all of those artists came up kind of together in that same area and yeah they were all doing their own thing and they all had a very very iconic sound but it's still like it's very very easy to recognize Music from the '60s, oh yeah, rock oh, music. Definitely, from the 60s. Like, yeah. You can tell it right away. Uh, and well, you can
1: also you could st- you, you could tell it from the '70s too.
0: I feel like the '60s kind of carries over in the '70s a little it, bit. Well, you know, it, 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 it does.
1: So. It does to a point. Like I think the difference between the '60s and the '70s is like you, again, you pointed out. Like you could you, if I were to play. Any random song from the 60s, you could probably guess the decade it's in. Um, In order to guess the 70s, you kind of have to have more audio know-how. Because in the 70s, that was when artists really tried to test the limits of output. Yeah, like for sure. I mean, you know, you had Pink Floyd come into their own with Dark Side of the Moon and Wish You Were Here. I mean, they were doing weird stuff in the late 60s as well. I mean, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, I think is is one of the most underrated de- or underrated debut albums of all time, and most people nowadays that really 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 love Pink Floyd think that album is garbage, and I just disagree with them. Um but like in the 70s you had bands like i mean i like this band and not many others do but like steely dan who had such a clean sound because they pro- they overproduced all of their albums so and and like their their album asia which is aja is one of those albums that you could put in your stereo to sort of test it and say, okay, is this speaker working right? Is this speaker working right? And there were tons of there were tons of those type of albums in the 70s. And I, that was what sort of defined that decade, that and like ungodly amounts of prog rock.
2: I, but, I, but I mean, um, as a musician, um, from a musical standpoint, like literally all the guitarists I play with play with vintage amps, play with tube amps. and um, Yeah, you want analog because yeah. analog gives you the you know, fullest yeah. sound. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, um, unfortunately now we record with all digital stuff, so no matter really what you do, you you, know, you use a tube amp to record uh, and you still get a little bit of that, that warm sound. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's nothing like the sound when you put on a Led Zeppelin especially vinyl um, yeah. and to have that that warm guitar sound that you don't just, you don't get now and um, it's really interesting to see that uh, especially the community that I'm involved in, musically they, they all want that tone of that uh, vintage style
1: yeah I mean and, and to bring it back to something I mentioned earlier in a derisory fashion towards my dad like Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top like there have been essays written on how his guitar sounds like it's different <laughs> and it, yeah. and it's be- I mean I can only I mean I don't know enough about production and analog versus digital well I know a little I know a little bit but that's just that's I'm not going to go there um, but like when you hear things that don't sound like anything else, um, I think in at least the three guys in this conversation seem to gravitate towards that yeah. and 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 it's it's a beautiful thing and analog rules, I'm just gonna say it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean there's something so nostalgic about. Uh, I mean, analog everything. I mean, uh, digital has made things great in a lot of different ways for for pretty much anything. Whether you're talking about sound or uh, anything, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's just a different feel. It just feels feel like right. I think we're probably gonna wrap this show, show up right now. Uh,
2: well, one last question from Matt. Do you have the Some Girls vinyl before they retracted it? No. Do you know the no. I know what that? you're talking. No, like, I know. I know. That, and you want to know? You want to is... know
1: something? You want to know something? You want to know something? I had the chance to fucking buy it. I had the <laughs> chance. <Indiana. laughs> it was. It was. It was one of those things that like. I was actually at, how mu- for, for how much? You remember? It was like 110. Um,
0: sure. Yo, are you poor? I'm just realizing that now. Does these records cost millions of dollars? No, no,
1: no, 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 no. The most. No, this is a this is a very special
2: special. Like
1: the, the 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 records that I have, I usually buy for somewhere between 15 and 20 bucks.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, the most I've ever spent on a single record. Is uh, 150, hmm. and that was an original pressing of Bob Marley and the Wailers' Catch a Fire, which is probably the single best reggae album ever released. <laughs> not because right. it's Bob, not because it's Bob Marley, but because it actually executes on the album format very much like I was saying about the Beatles. But um, there have been th- this record store near me called the Rock Shop. they've had some just absolute gems on their shelves. And I look at that and I'm like, okay, I can either, I'll actually go to like their rare stuff first. And I'll be like, okay, there's um, an original pressing of Jimi Hendrix, electric Ladyland with the naked ladies on the cover. Right. That's something I want because that's my favorite Hendrix album. And that's kind of a rare thing. So I'm like, okay, that's 100 bucks. If I can find 100 bucks that I if I can find 100 bucks worth of vinyl in multiple records in this store today, I'm not buying that.
0: Yeah, you'd rather get
1: I'd rather I'd rather have quantity over rarity.
0: Yeah. Because let's
1: let, let's be let's be real. I'm not I'm not buying a rare record to just let it sit.
0: Yeah, you're actually going to play it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm going to play it. Like there's I mean, I have I have two rare records to my name that i won't play um and the reason i won't play them is because i have newer copies of that album i have an original pressing of the velvet underground and nico for nostalgic purposes as i mentioned before and it, it was the it was the one that was it was a first pressing because it had the sticker on the banana cool thing about that album cover like it had the banana and warhol written underneath it but you could pull the sticker off and it revealed like you could basically unpeel the banana <laughs> which is <laughs> a very phallic thing as we can as we can be honest with each I other I like this is
0: what you this is your album your four-year-old life yeah, like it's, it's I mean, what you go like, back to i'll be
1: honest with you i love the story because i i mean i realized that you know Your parents, your parents can't control their kids as much as they want to. Like, (laughs) and and it's probably the one thing that I've always feared about having kids is like, I'm going to have the kid with shitty music taste and there's nothing I can do about it. (laughs) No, no,
0: no, that's not happening. But,
1: but like, it was one of those things like, and my and when I tell this when I remember this story to my mother, she's like, "I remember that album, but I do not remember what it sounds like nowadays." <laughs> and I'm like, "Thank God for acid flashbacks, because you you would you would worry about me." Um, but like, yeah. I have that, and then I have what was um, the other record. I have uh, an original pressing of Sly and the Family Stones. Uh, There's a riot going on that I won't I won't play because I have an a, I have a modern version of it. If I didn't have that modern version, oh yeah, that record's getting played cuz it's one of my 10 favorites of all time. <laughs> 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 but but yeah, so I mean, sounds record. good. Rare well, I feel record.
0: like I really liked learning like this history lesson about <laughs> your life growing up. We did a, a show for like 2 years. And we, I didn't know this. Like, I feel like it's a huge part of who you are as a person, too. Uh, well,
1: I remember early, early in that, early in those platinum achievement days, someone in the community said, um, "If you had to give up, or if you had a choice between," well, someone asked me specifically. I think it was John Martin, of all people. He said, "If you had to give up music, or if you had to give up music or video games, which one did you give up?" And I said, "I'll answer this on the show." Never answered it on the show, but I would give up video <laughs> games in a heartbeat because nothing, nothing is taking music away from me. I may never yeah. be able to play, but like. I love listening to it. I love tacitly writing about it. And that's why I still try and do it as often as I can on NGR I
0: feel like and next week we should expand way more on this too, because I have a lot of thoughts on why, uh, music is probably the medium that is really never, ever, ever going to go away or change that much. Uh, the, 'll well it'll change it I think it'll I, it'll change in the format you get it that will always change it'll in, change
1: in the way it's made I mean enough.
0: it's it's changed I mean it's, it already is changing in the way it's I, mean, made too. I mean look this, at this is a whole other conversation yeah I'm not but, getting into it right now Well, we no talk but for like but album.
1: okay so we've been going for about an hour now or maybe just a little over an hour what do we want to do with this show let's just let's just document it right now because I, ha- I, I, ha- I have a couple Originally, ideas.
0: Originally, <laughs> I was going... Before we started recording right now, uh, I wanted to uh, bring up different topics, but I, I was going to say I wanted to put a spotlight on smaller artists that aren't as well-known. Okay. And you want to know something? I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. I want to learn more things about music by talking yeah. to both of you guys. Uh, so I feel like this is almost a music history podcast. <laughs> uh, well, on, on, like I'm, a, I'm the one being educated, though. Mr. I, this isn't I feel like listeners. we
2: should dedicate like 15, 20 minutes a show to new up and coming people. Or just like we go around the circle and we say, oh, I discovered this person this week. You should check them out. Or mm-hmm. I've just been listening to
0: yeah. Let's always do that.
2: No this a lot too. I
1: mean, I mean, uh, Brian Raleigh. Um, like, oh, what was I gonna? I forgot what I was gonna ask. Anyway, I'm. I'm, I'm since I forgot, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm doing something else now. Sorry, Brian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I was. Just, I was sort of thinking it would be. It would, I mean, very much like we did on the on the, the video game show. Um, we talk about what we're listening to, what new we've heard this week. Um, yeah. Maybe get, at some point we talk about maybe our favorites of of what's happening, or you know, news happens. I mean, I yeah. mean, if this if, yeah. the, if this is if this is started in 2016, it'd be really sad because a lot of great music people died, which was yeah, fucking yeah. horrifying. Us, yeah. I still miss David Bowie, even though he's you know. Um, but like maybe we should bring it. Maybe we should if if the, if it's like a slow news week or nothing really great is hitting our ears, we should probably say let's talk about this. Yeah, and
0: yeah, that sounds good. I cool. mean, you I mean, it, seem, it seems it seems like remember I mean. On the old podcast, we had the uh, what uh, I love Antonio called it the evergreen episodes. Oh, geez. the ones that you can listen to at any time that were about just topics that were going to last for a long time like yeah. general concepts and things like that that people would discuss. Like I feel like this episode that we just recorded is an evergreen episode where we yeah. talk about jazz and the Beatles. Like <laughs> and what a beautiful where, place to start with this too. Jazz and the Beatles. The Beatles this is conversation where you should start with music pretty much. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: But like you know we could talk about we we could bring classical to the fold. We could say hey did you, you know, I mean, Brian, Raleigh, how old are you? I just, I'm just asking. Cause I'm, uh, same
2: I'm age. 22. Okay. All uh, right, 21, actually.
1: Okay. Yeah, did you just lie? Don't it's, you don't need a fake I don't know, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so high, I could be 1000 so,
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm so used to that, you know, the, uh, how do Uh, 22. Yeah, um, and, I, and, no, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm sitting so. here, I'm
1: not, I'm not sitting, I'm not doing that to be, like,
0: no. that's not gonna ID you don't worry I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like oh, yeah. oh
1: you kids and you're loud no I'm not gonna do that <laughs> yeah. um,
0: because
1: because frankly, I'll call
0: you old when you do it and that's
1: and and <laughs> and you would be correct um but like I'm I because of my five years as a music critic I'm still sort of paying attention to what happens maybe not day to day but like month to month do I know what's Hitting the kids today? <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna pretend. <laughs> How I old don't. are you
0: trying to be now? Uh, I'm,
1: but like, I still pay attention to like what's released week to week. Like, I still, yeah, I still, I'm yeah, still like that, pretty then. dialed into that. I think the one, but like, I think we 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 could also have like we could. But pro- I want
0: you guys to keep teaching me because oh, I we'll felt teach. Like I just learned so much stuff. We'll uh, teach you.
1: But like yeah. I th- I feel like I feel like if we bring the right the right ideas to this it could be it could be cool and I'm I'm glad we did this. Thank you, Mister yeah. Spagnoli. I'm honored right, you yeah, asked let's... me to be a part of
0: this. Do we, do we need a formal ending right now? Like uh, we don't have a banana out or whatever. I'm still
1: gonna do that because I do that for every podcast what? I'm ever
0: on now. Um... Well, yeah, so I guess check out this podcast, which uh, is going to be released uh, on PixelPine.com, iTunes, and uh, all the other places that podcasts exist. Uh, Yeah. Matt, go ahead.
1: Banana and...